Hi friends, welcome back to the My Brave Brain podcast. I'm your host Camulets and thank you for joining me on this journey towards creating an awareness and acceptance towards mental health and wellness. Welcome to episode number 21. Today I'm going to be talking about minorities and mental health. Now this episode is very important to me. If you've been watching the news, which I hope you have, at least a little bit. I know I know it's not always um, fun to watch. Um, and just keeping up with everything that's currently going on, I think you're probably most likely aware of what is going on with the current social justice movement. And this is something that for the most part I have seen as just truly beautiful. And the only reason I say that for the most part, part <laughs> is because I don't agree with the destruction of property. However, I admire the peaceful protests that have taken place and just the uproar that has sparked from the situation. Um, I think it's so, so important and it's incredible to um, live through. And I think that it's been needing, I I can't find the correct words to say because it still just really leaves me speechless. I mean, I saw this video of a protest on um, the news, I think a day or two ago, where people were laying down and just seeing so many different races and ethnicities and cultures just laying next to each other in peace and just seeing that it truly was beautiful. And I think that it's something that, you know, a lot more people need to realize that in the end we're all human. And I think that we're all just trying to get the same thing out of life. We all just want to live happy lives and do that with each other. And, you know, I, you should never judge someone by the color of their skin. And I'm recording this episode not necessarily because I want to share my views and my opinions, um, but because I hope to shine some light on how situations such as these feed into mental health and how that has not exactly been served the justice that it needs to be served either. So, so far through my research, I have found that there is, not was, an overall major exclusion of minority mental health in epidemiological research. And that is minorities are not even represented in numbers regarding mental health for the most part. Um, I noticed that this is due to a major lack of funded research towards minority mental health. And I can kind of see where some reasoning comes in terms of the differences in the ways that different cultures kind of portray their symptoms from mental health because it's very difficult to portray. There are some um, cultures where the symptoms are seen more as a physical symptom. Like instead of saying like, um, I'm really sad. It's more of like, Oh, my heart hurts or my chest hurts. It's kind of seen as like more of a somatic, um, response. And that's still not a reason to not include them. Um, but that is, that is some reasoning why, however, I think that, you know, more needs to be done to kind of make that inclusion here. One thing that was really interesting to look at was how previously in history, um, as you guys have seen kind of a lot of what I talked about in one episode where I just talked about kind of the history of like um, psychiatric treatment, um, kind of feeding that into what I said earlier about how minorities were not given or were not included in this research and um, they were also not included in the treatment because they were not treated because they 
were not shown the ability to be treated. And so they were recorded as having not as many or if at all any mental health issues, which is really interesting because nowadays, if you are like me and you study mental health and psychology and you just want to know more about it, you know that minorities um, and specifically African-American individuals have more of a chance of developing a mental illness, specifically depression, um, because of facing these social injustices and just how all of it feeds into each other. And so it's really interesting to see how it used to be seen, um, you know, even 50, 60 years ago, 70 years ago. And so that was really interesting to look at, but I guess it's not really a shocker that people didn't take the time to record or pay attention to the mental health of individuals who were seen as less than, which I hope we all know that is not true. Um, and that was just really interesting to see. While I was reading over a certain passage, I came across this one area where there were just reports being done on how minorities were all being put into one category, which was seen as quote unquote non-white and black individuals were obviously put into this category. And oftentimes, even though this category was seen as not really having as many cases of mental health issues because they didn't have the ability to go and even try to ask for treatment because they were a lower status. Um, it just, it's, it's amazing how people just couldn't make these connections and it's just really frustrating to see. But anyways, I could just go on and on. But what I was trying to say was it's interesting because black individuals who were, who would, who weren't able to control the severity of certain um, forms of mental illness were just automatically labeled as being more insane than white individuals who came up with the same symptoms, the same severe mental illness, and were expressing the same thing. They were obviously not seen, white individuals were seen as less insane than these black individuals. And that is one injustice that I wanted to bring up while I was talking. The first time that black individuals began to finally get some research and make their mark in the mental health community was in the early 1960s. And that was with the National Center for Health Statistics. And of course, they decided to compare um, the symptoms of black individuals to the symptoms of white individuals. And in the first round, whites were seen as having higher um, symptoms recorded in comparison to black individuals. And then the second time they ran the study again, and this time black individuals were seen as having more symptoms in comparison to white individuals. And I understand again that there are differences in cultures and how people express themselves in ethnicities and all that. However, we cannot look past what people are sharing with us because again, underneath it all, we are all human and our color does not show or change the way mental illness affects someone and it doesn't change how you should be treated literally and like in terms of psychiatric treatment in terms of therapy and all of that and that's why I'm so grateful that 
you know, when I took my counseling class, we talked about how important it is to be culturally aware and understand the different ways that people may express things and be able to include everyone and understand um, how or where different people are coming from. And I just found this so interesting too, because I continued to read it and I thought for a second and I questioned myself and I was saying like, all right, Cameron, <laughs> I, I was talking to the third person, but I was like, all right, Cameron, like, are, are we actually like seeing like a disparity between how they're being treated? And I was like, yes, there is a disparity because they, these still weren't receiving the same treatment. They still did not have research being conducted and the research that had been done, of course, was a comparison because that is what people focus on is comparing people. I understand to an extent why there are certain compare there are certain um, comparisons of different experiences of mental health. Again, we look at differences in gender. We look at differences in not just um, white individuals and black individuals. We look at other minorities as well. However. The fact that this was the basis of it, that there was no other research being done solely on black individuals before being able to compare it to white individuals, that's just like not acceptable. And uh, it just wasn't a good starting point. And going from there, I also wanted to just discuss how social issues and just social context affects mental health because it is so, so clear and in the research that I did and just articles that I have read, it is blatantly obvious how much this plays a role in people's lives. And I think that it needs to be recognized and I think that it needs to be acknowledged because people need to understand that what they're going through is is real and it's true. And everyone else, everyone needs to understand what people are going through. And that's what I wanted to talk about next. One topic that has gotten more attention over the recent years has been the effects of racial discrimination and stress and what effects those two have on an individual. And I am first going to start out by reading the definition of, I was going to do discrimination, but it only says um, the act of discriminate or discriminating. Um, and so the definition of discriminate on dictionary.com, um, verb to make a distinction in favor or against a person or thing on the basis of the group class or category to which the person or thing belongs rather than according to actual merit show partiality. And that is on dictionary.com. And it's very interesting to, see how racism and discrimination play a role in education, in employment, in the justice system, in all areas of life. And each encounter with this causes stress on an individual. And so individuals with a lower socioeconomic status, individuals with experiences or experiencing these situations where they face racism that causes stress, that causes distress in an individual and that leads them to a higher likelihood of experiencing depressive symptoms and experiencing um, 
worsened mental health. And these all relate to each other. And, you know, it's, it's not just that. It's your mental and physical health, you know, when you're not able to take care, care of yourself because of the effects that stress has had on your body, it all cycles around. In a 2017 journal titled Stress and the Mental Health Populations of Color Advancing Our Understanding of Race-Related Stressors um, by David R. Williams, they reference an article that talks about how black and white individuals in America both have similar involvement with drugs and the use of cocaine. And they talk about how black people have a higher chance of being arrested and going to prison for using drugs or even possessing the drugs. And this is really interesting to look at because if you look at how all the factors go into each other, I mean, obviously that causes a higher stress level, which is horrible for one's mental health. If you look at how, you know, the experience of arrest, the experience of going to a, your sentencing, going and spending time in prison, whether it be for a decade or two decades. And it's just ridiculous because even if a white individual gets sentenced as well, their sentence is not going to be as long as the black individual. And that is due to racism and discrimination. And you know, I was looking at statistics within this article and it shows how there is an increase in mental health behavioral issues, um, mental health issues because of experiencing this traumatizing event. And if you have a higher likelihood of being incarcerated or arrested for something, I mean, it's just a constant fear And this is a fear that needs to be recognized. It's not just in the justice system. It's in so many other things as well. And it's something that people need to see and understand that you cannot allow black individuals and or minorities to feel like they're living in this fear. That's not fair and that's not living. This journal also discussed a recent quasi-experiment in which There was a comparison between black individuals and their mental health and then white individuals and their mental health after a recent killing of an unarmed black man um, by a police officer. And the reason why they did this was to look at how the killing of a black man by a police officer affected the mental health of both races. As you can probably guess, black individuals who witnessed this um, experienced an increase of 0.14 quote-unquote bad mental health days in comparison to white individuals who did not experience any bad mental health days due to this. And I just think it's so upsetting. Um, Obviously, this is before everything that is occurring currently, and I know that so many people are involved, and I think that it is beautiful to see both races just finally come together and just not even see a difference and not even see it as two races, but to see all these individuals coming together for this social injustice. Um, But going back to what I'm saying is that there was seen to be a difference between these individuals. There was seen, there was a difference that was 
affecting how people saw the death of a person. And it's just not acceptable. It's something that needs to change. And I think that what is happening right now is beautiful. And to everyone who has donated to the George Floyd Memorial or the bail of the protesters or have even gone out and protested themselves or have taken the time to keep up with what is going on or even take the time to question themselves and their own views if that is what needs to be done. I think that so many people are doing so many good things and um, I think that it's such an incredible thing to witness and to be a part of. And I'm really proud of people who are f- just everyone. I, I think that it is, it, as you can see, leaves me speechless. And I saw a sign that an old lady was holding and it, it was like on Twitter or something, but it was like this, she was holding up the sign and it said like, I can't believe I'm 66 years old and I'm still fighting this shit or something like that. And I just was like, yes, sister. (laughs) I just, I thought that that was incredible. And just, I love seeing, I I love TikTok, but I love seeing the TikTok videos of um, protesters and cops interacting with each other and hugging each other and just having moments and understanding how important this is to everyone. It should be important to you. I think that no one should ever feel like they live in fear. No one should ever feel unsafe. No one should ever feel like they are less than because no one is less than anyone. We are all the same underneath. We are all the same inside and out. We are. And we are all trying to get through life. We're all trying to find happiness. We all have, you know, similar hopes and dreams. We all have similar and different experiences. And the sooner that we all see each other as individuals that are together, the sooner that we're going to be able to move forward. And I, I just, I think it's so incredible to like see how this has been involved globally. And I'm sorry if like Sometimes you're like, Cameron, what are you even saying? Like, what just came out of your mouth? Because there have been a few times where I'm like listening over to some things that I say and I'm like, that sentence does not even make sense. I would like to say that I am tired. And, (laughs) um, but I just, on a serious note, I really felt like, um, I, I didn't really put out, I didn't, I did not put out an episode last week because I was trying to figure out if this is something that I should post. I was trying to figure out if this was something that I wanted to involve myself in, um, to put out there. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to regret it if I don't say something, um, and relate it to what I will always think of as the most important thing, which is people's mental health. And honestly, I could have gone on longer with this. And if you want me to talk more about, um, black history with mental health, I think that it is something that again, needs to be recognized and more people should know about and I can talk about so many different histories with it. And so please, please um, let me know if you guys want me to talk about it. And I appreciate everyone who has taken the time to listen to this and hear what I have to say in regards to how this relates to mental health and how we can move forward all together as one. I'm sorry if you just heard my brother close the door. Um, He lives right next to me. 
But thank you guys again for listening and I will see you all in the next episode. I hope that you know that you are loved, you are enough, you are worth it, and you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now, even if it does or does not feel like it. I hope you all are staying healthy. I hope that you are standing up for what you believe in and finding ways to get involved. Even if you're not able to go out and protest, that's okay. If you're trying to find a way to donate, even if it's like 50 cents, even if it's a dollar, if it's five dollars, if it's however much, or if it's just being educated, I think that's what everyone is asking for is to be educated on this topic and to um, reflect. I think that is what we can do. And yeah, that is my cue. I will see you all next week.